This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Crooked Kingdom and mentions of From Blood and Ash, Supernatural, The Plated Prisoner series, The Mortal Instruments, and the world Sarah J. Mass has created. There is also conversation surrounding violence and addiction. Everybody and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing book one of The Infernal Devices. This is Clockwork Angel by Cassandra Clare. And it is one of my favorite like series, <laughs> not books, series. And it's a comfort series for me. But before we get started, we have... A disclaimer. Oh, I think I think it's just important to note that I feel like with the the way we've been kind of breaking down the Shadowhunter books, we did the Immortal Instruments. We broke it up into two two episodes. Basically, we did books one through three, and then we did books four through six. And we're not going to be doing the Infernal Devices all three books. We're going to do. I mean, at the beginning of this, Laura had said, "Read the first book." And if you don't want to continue, we won't continue. Why wouldn't I continue? I gave you an out. I didn't want there to be any pressure. But like, I feel like, why would you, you know how much I love Magnus at the end of this book. And I literally, that's, I love Magnus so much. She's like my favorite character. Easily, easily. Oh, okay. Okay. So can I just say yes. how hard it was? I wanted to go into this to the second book right away because, uh, spoiler, <laughs> the, the literally Magnus's last line is like, tell me what's going on, Will. And you're just like, you just want to start, you want to start the second book right away. And I couldn't do that because then I didn't want to cross over the episodes to start blending the second book into the first when we started recording. So I had to read like two separate romance books, which I haven't read romance books. I could count on one hand how many romance books that I've read this year. Five. Five total. It is currently, we're recording in September. I have read a lot of books, if you follow me on Goodreads. Of those books... Five of them were romance and two of them had to be like touched on the last 24 hours because I I couldn't get out of like I I could have gone with fantasy. But then I kept going, well, if I'm going to go fantasy, I should just go do the Clockwork Prince. But I couldn't do that. Because you're because you're dying to know. You're dying to know. Right. Right. Does it does the second I mean, we're going to be so all over the place. Does the second book pick up? I mean, is it like how from Blood and Ashes, or it literally just keeps picking up where it leaves off? Um, not really, no. Oh. But it's it's in the same like vein. Okay, yeah. It's just not like immediately. Yeah, but it, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Okay, so just walk me through this because, as you said, you did not start the second book because you wanted to keep it like totally fresh and like you know perspective on everything. I 
don't have that luxury. It is all like really blended for me. So, right. so the way this book starts off, it, it's very, you, you kind of get like the BTS of, you know, you're introduced to Will Herondale, you're introduced to Jem, you're introduced to the shadow hunters and they're like clearly coming across this, this homicide and they don't know what's going on. Then you flash forward to this other thing that's going on and it's Tessa coming from New York and she's coming to visit her brother. And then you have this, co- it's, it's a whole, you know, where's Liam Neeson? Because it's a hundred percent taken like, Oh, come with me, blah, blah, blah. Poor naive girl. Are you really from New York? Because why are you falling for this shit? Uh, okay. I guess you're safe. I'll go with you. Dark Sisters, creepy as fuck. And I know in the previous... I'm (laughs) rambling. I'm so sorry. So I know in the previous episodes, I go, I'm not going to do audio. I can't. It's going to be so weird. And it wasn't weird. Like, at least I liked this narrator. Um, So I liked it. And I I said, like, initially, I go, I'm going to start with the narrator. I'm going to get paced so I can just, like, get my pace for the reading. I don't know what happened. I went from having the slow start till I was going back on my text follow-ups with you. Next thing I go, when did I finish the last 50% of the book in 24 hours? You really blew through it. She sent me a message that said, like, done. And I was like, whoa. You went from, like, Thomas and Agatha going through, like, their whole thing to, like, being done with the book. I was like, what happened in the middle? I don't know how that happened. And then I go, you know, I was making little connections that we'll talk about when I was texting you. And then it went to nothing. It was probably just dead air for you. And then it was reaction video after reaction. (laughs) No, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Okay, so... Okay, so let's let's talk let's talk about this book. So we have, as you said, we have Tessa, we have Will, we have Jem, we have the Dark Sisters. This is just it's silly. Jem is short for James. They're yeah. both. This is just like a, a comment that I have when people make their nicknames the same amount of syllables as their real name. <laughs> it's just a comment. And then who else do we have? We have Charlotte. We have... Um, there's Charlotte. There's Sophie. You learn about Nathaniel. Um, there. Oh, you said Thomas. Um, Jessamine. J- Jess- Jessamine. Ah! Is she going to be one that I, like, hate right now and then I'm going to like later? Ah, uh, no comment. Okay. Well, then I'll bite my tongue for a bit. But in this book, I'll talk some shit because she's... Mm, she's a woman in the 1800s and she's trying to kind of find a way to survive, I guess. We'll get to Jessamine. <laughs> and and Henry. We can't forget Henry. And then uh, the Lightwoods, Gabriel, Gideon. Camille. And, and Camille. We have Camille, Magnus, and um, and Brother Enoch. Brother Enoch. And oh, yes. The Silent yes. Brothers. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like there's so many. Yeah, well, Shadowhunter books have a lot of characters, and that's just, like, kind of how they all are. So we have all of these characters. We're in London. It's, you know, 
1800s. We love it. The fashion, everything. Tessa, now Jess, you said something to me when you started this that I thought was really funny and I didn't comment on it. I sent you some fan art of Tessa <laughs> and, and you said, oh, she looks like the perfect like English, like beautiful English right. rose. And in my head, I was like, bitches from New York. But I didn't say anything because like that's that's part right. of your journey. But I know, but I also followed that up with, huh, that's exactly how I re- imagined Esther from the Lady of Rook's Crave Manor. <laughs> so, uh, like, that's who I go, oh, that's who's getting railed by monsters. Tessa, hey. You know, ugh, <laughs> uh, Tessa. So, we, I really enjoy Tessa, and we know Tessa because... We met her in the Mortal Instruments. And this is where, like, we met Tessa, we met Magnus, we met Brother Enoch. We met these people in the Mortal Instruments. And that's what kind of pulls us here. And we love this. So, Jess, why don't you tell us? Do we? Because I was really sad when I had, like, a connection. So tell us your first connection that you made right away, like, as soon as you started this book. Um, I think I was just getting more into... I don't want to say it's a meet cute. It's obviously, you know, Tessa gets from New York to London. She's kidnapped. She gets saved by some shadow hunters. And it was finally, and that's all, maybe even before then, I think I was just making the connection that we met, we met Tessa. We know Tessa from this, like, if you forget anything else about the Mortal Instruments, you know she plays such a pivotal role in the epilogue of the sixth book. And it was in that, I, I just kept going back to that connection of, wait, we've, we've met her, we're meeting her again, like in the beginning of her journey of self-discovery in The Infernal Devices. But I kept flip-flopping back and forth, knowing that in The Mortal Instruments, Will is referred to, but never there. And then I realized that the shadow hunter, it's because he's probably dead. Like, we know he's dead, but it just kind of sank in now that we know Will as a person, this personality, and not just this name from the past. I think that's that was my first connection. I go, wait, wait, wait. I got really sad. I put the book down because I was just really bummed that we get to have this whole backstory where learning more about the people that we've learned in passing. And it just brings us, and Laura, you even brought it up. You go, yeah, now take all of that and all your processing and now apply it to, you know, you're meeting Magnus, you know, this is going to be another conversation. Like it was, it was a lot to handle in the first, that was supposed to kick, that was supposed to start off my journey. Is that like, was that supposed to happen? I don't know, but I did. Yeah, well, that revelation, and and it's really something. And I think that kind of speaks to why we did the order the way that we did. I mean, not just me being like a completely like selfish person and just like (laughs) dying and just like wanting you to meet Will so badly. But it worked out because you had said, you're like, this is what, this was your experiment. You're like, let's do a poll. And then you made the executive decision. You go, well, I'm going to make the answer for the poll. And by the time this is airing, the timing was kind of wonderful because we had so many people, whether it was in our DMs or comments, whether it was on TikTok or Instagram saying, go to, there was not one person that said, to go. everybody just kept saying, the people who responded, they said, 
do infernal devices and that just happened to lay out that way yeah it was it was really perfect oh my gosh okay so okay let's let's go through the plot just just a little bit so tessa just you had questions about tessa so tessa's kidnapped by the dark sisters tessa is trained and she is a shape changer um they don't really know specifically though what she is and she is different from um any other like shape changer like warlock kind of situation out there and um yeah, just you you had like issue with that or like I was an issue. I just I think there were certain parts that I just didn't remember from the mortal instruments. Like I think I maybe wasn't c- making that connection. Um I had known she and then it wasn't until halfway through the book I didn't understand. I go, okay, yeah, she's a shape changer. Yes, she's a warlock. How is this different than any other thing? Until like our like my voice memos were crossing over with your texts when it made more sense. Be- because then reflecting on that, they made it such a point in this book to say, you know, when she changed into Camille and she shook hands with Magnus, all of Camille, like they made it such a point of the detailed flashbacks that they were having. So, and then it followed up with, you know, when Magnus is being like a little, not even a, I don't want to say he was flirting with her. He was just kind of um, being suggestive to her because he knew how naive she was with everything and just kind of teasing her um, where he goes, Oh, you know, of course they're looking at us. They know Camille and our history. And then they do another flashback where she's just like blushing, knowing this woman's memories. Um, so it was just different. I think I just didn't marry the two. Like, but I think that was because that was the first time they were really saying, they kept saying, you know, Oh, she's a shape changer. Oh, she's a, she's kind of a warlock, but not really because some of the rules are applying. But I didn't know. I, I just don't think I, I. I don't think I recall them saying sh- specifically why she was different. And then, so the this like whole scene that you're talking about with Camille, and we have Magnus, and we have the Pandemonium Club, and we have the origins. You know, the Pandemonium Club. Like that's cool, right? That's cool. Um, but then Tessa goes and meets Camille. And we know Camille, we've met Camille, and we know how Camille dies, which is kind of tragic, like meeting her now in like the right. 1800s. You're just like, wow, you're okay. This little girl is just going to take you out. <laughs> you're not going to see it coming. But, uh, and this is something that uh, I wasn't sure if you picked up on that is a connection, but Camille gives Tessa the necklace, the big ruby necklace. Right, the, the one that Isabel gave Simon. The one that Isabel, yeah, the one that Isabel wears. So, okay, so Isabel says to Simon that it's a Lightwood family heirloom. Right, right. So now we have to figure out how does it get from Camille and Magnus into the Lightwood family for like. 300 years, right? Like, because there's this gap. There's this, obviously, there's this, is it 300 years? No, because they have it in the 2000s. 
It's a long time. It's there a long time. There hasn't been a couple of years. Generations. <laughs> we'll say generations. There you go. That's fair. There you go. Generations. Yeah. So so that's a little connection. It's like, oh, well, the necklace. Like, I've seen the necklace before. And, the, and they talk about, like, the sanctuary. It's like, okay, we know that. We've, like, seen that before. That That's just, like, one of those really cool kind of well, things. Well, you know what? Some, some of these, and maybe this goes t- talking it out, when we're talking about when I, when I think about the mortal instruments, you and I had a discussion of how do these families inquire, like acquire their wealth? And, you know, you have Lightwoods, you have Morning Stars, you have you have everybody, right? And you have Magnus, and they're like they're like the original vampires. They're, they're the original families of Mystic Falls. So even when you're, you know, you hear about Benedict Lightwood, every time a familiar last name becomes me- the is mentioned, specifically with a Lightwood, I just keep thinking, wait. How many times did Magnus say, like, I, I don't fuck with the Lightwoods. Like, they, we are, we are not one and the same. But there was something interesting that he said in the epilogue about how he was, like, the clave was hiring him for something. And it just reminded me of the, like, the arguments that he would have in the mortal instruments where he goes like go find a different witch friend i'm tired of being used because at that point he's lived for hundreds and hundreds and you know he's been vague about how old he is and he's like done his heart is broken he's hurt go find somebody else to fuck with and i really like you see part of that origin here too and i i like i i like Magnus, obviously, but he has this relationship with Will, right? He's like, you know, Will is beautiful, but his beauty has never moved me. It has like a darkness to it. He says, like, what do we do? We find out what because everybody because Magnus isn't the only one who says that he has this darkness. A lot of other people are perceptive to this. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so that, that is its own like thing, you know, that's, its, that's its own journey. <laughs> is that its own thing that we find out or you, like, yeah, that, that's its own thing. You're leaving me hanging. Okay. Yeah, I'm leaving you hanging. <laughs> that's its own thing. Start book two. That's its own thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, Magnus says that, uh, he, that Will Herondale's eyes are like the color of the sky in hell. And it's just like, oh boy, like Will Herondale is the perfect, like, male MC for me like he he well, is my he is my like everything like full stop like well, you can see that I know um Magnus specifically says he's very pretty and vampires like that I can't say that I mind either Magnus grins black hair and blue eyes are my favorite combination insert you know when Kaven has she just squeals in excitement if I could put her that on a soundboard <laughs> That's like the button I would have pressed because dark hair and blue eyes. How is no wonder Alec. everybody? Well, that's like, Alec. Exactly. Magnus, like, and Magnus makes a reference to that in the first book when it comes to Alec. I just, I just. Connections. <laughs> you have made the connection. That is why, that is why these, this trilogy is getting like each book is getting its own episode because you have these connections and like, we're not even like into the plot. Okay. So like the plot is that Tessa is different, right? And her brother is missing and uh, Will 
finds her and rescues Tessa from the Dark Sisters house. And Tessa hits him like on the arm with a jug and he compares her to like Bodicea and they have like this discussion about hell being cold and it's very witty <laughs> and like fast, quick banter. And, and she it's I feel like it's it's fast, witty banter for whatever century they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, like that wouldn't necessarily translate to now. You're just like, okay, you're having a conversation. But you you kind of have to take a step back and be like, remember, look at the era, look at what they're... I mean, even when they reference each other's names, Tessa's inner dialogue is, oh, they're using each other's Christian names, as opposed to their formal titles of, you know, not just a title, but just a formal introduction. Right. And I'm going to make a jump here, but my favorite scene in this entire book is when Will is in the attic and he has to... Um, like drink and like throw the holy water all over himself. And Tessa, you know, comes up the stairs and she has the pail and he's like laying on the floor and he's wet, right? And there's blood everywhere and he's like throwing up blood. And Tessa's there and um, they have a moment. They have a very romantic moment, but it's very like kind of chaste. I mean, they do end up making out, but like it starts off with him just like peeling off her glove. And Tessa's like dialogue is like his thumb is like rubbing on her wrist right Uh and she's like and i can't breathe and like all my thoughts are gone and like all i can see but this is very for and she even says like after like he pulls away and he's like i can't i can't do this and this is also after somebody making a side comment of like him taking people's virtues or whatever and so this is happening and he's saying i can't i can't and she And I think this is just telling of where we are as women in society, especially during this time. Um, She she goes, I'm sorry. I'm being too forward. Bitch, what? Like, get you some. But again, but again, this is, you know. It's the time period. Right. And, and, you know, um, the the first time I, I was trying to, like, remember, the first time that I read this, I was frustrated with Tessa because Tessa says, like, oh, Charlotte, you know, doesn't fight. She's a woman. She doesn't have those, like, feelings. And, like, she she wouldn't wear, like, trousers. Like, women don't do that. And Will is very funny. He goes, you would have murdered the Dark Sisters if you had been able to. I saw you. Like, you hit me with a jug. Like, you have, like, you know, the these thoughts. Like, it, it's not just men that do that and like i had to remember like the time period you know the context of everything well even when jessamine had made a comment of you know wanting to leave the institute essentially and she goes oh like you can leave with me we'll be cousins or whatever we'll say we're cousins because it was socially acceptable for like sisters or cousins like female family members to live away from parental figures but not but not even just like oh i'm gonna get an apartment with one of my friends like that was not it had to be either a family member or it had to be under like marriage so i thought that was an interesting jessamine just wanted to get away i am it is jessamine right that i'm not confusing that with yeah yeah okay because otherwise you know when they eventually get uh tess's brother back she goes i'm gonna nurse him back to health men always fall you know, fall for the woman who takes care of it and go, this is such the 18, like whatever yeah. century it is. Well, and what does Will say? Will says like, oh, he tells her off. He's like, you don't even care who it is. You just, you know, it doesn't matter how useless the person is. Like you will literally go for anybody. Basically, he basically called her like, hmm. 
He basically, yeah, he basically said things that would, he's shaming her. Yeah, he was, he was. Okay, so what is the plot of this? The plot of this is automatons and a clockwork army and Mortmain and a double cross with De Quincey and, you know. And her brother. And her fucking useless piece of shit brother. Oh my God, Nathaniel. Ugh, Tessie, Tessie. And he's like, you're not my sister. You're a monster. Okay, okay. Before we get into all of that, Jem. Jem is, I love Jem. Everyone loves Jem. Jem is just like this gentle, patient, wonderful, glorious person. But Jem always says the right thing, right? And what does Jem say to Tessa when Tessa like doubts herself, right? Tessa, uh, Jem says like, no, your soul is still the same. And I know that your soul is still the same because you said the word God. You're still the same, Tessa. You just have a different skin. But I recognize you. It's like, oh my God, Jem. So, like, he has a lot of good, you know, good quotes, I think, everywhere from, like, quote-unquote, like, profound things to things to just, like, let put a smile on her face. There was this one quote that I really loved. I mean, that he said to, that Jem said to Tessa, he goes, whatever you are physically, male or female, strong or weak, ill or healthy, all those things matter less than what your heart contains. If you have a soul of a warrior then you are a warrior because you know she's doubting herself and this is this goes back to like one of the themes clear like one of the like obvious themes in the book is like self-discovery and sense of self which is then a lot of the books that we've you know a lot of the YA books that we're reading um and that we discuss because this is her origin story we know of her we've met her but we don't know the you know the meat that comes with her background and that's what we're learning now and then even with that, he'll say, like, nice, you know, when she's upset at Will, he goes, you want me to kick him out? I will. And she goes, Yo, no, you won't. He goes, but you felt good for a couple seconds. Did it? Like, that's that's all we ask for. In our and um, Jess, what is the what is the tragedy of Jem? So he basically was exposed to, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the gist of it is he, he was exposed to, like, some sort of demon blood i don't know he was harmed by demon he's taking like he's basically has to stay he has he's going through a slow death because he's exposed to he it's like he has to like take this like demon injector to keep him quote-unquote kind of healthy and when he's not on this demon drug that's what i kind of kept like processing it as um he he's just weak and he's susceptible and to like they were in the church running away from the automatons at one point and he was short of breath and he was basically like, everybody go on without me. Obviously they didn't want that to happen, but it just made him susceptible to being attacked because if he's not on this drug, basically, you know what it reminded me of, you know, in crooked kingdom when Nina took the drug and that's like, she, everything's elevated and she's her strongest self but then she's they still can't expose her to the drug because she's she's basically like it's it's if she it, takes like it again it'll kill her yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it was that's kind of what it reminded me of whereas it, it there's just fighting a median with with this because they couldn't try they tried to wean him off of it and they realized he was going to die quicker that way if they did that 
So now it's like they have to kind of, it reminds me of like when you have like the steady, you know, drip, I guess, you know, it's all like, it's all medically explained, you know, in a shadow hunter world. Um, but they basically like, you're going to be, and you're going to need this drug to serve, to, to lengthen your life, but also know that it lengthens how long till you die. Yeah. Yeah. And he he was only supposed to live, you know, so many years, but he's lived past that. And when he goes out and patrols and when he needs to be strong, he needs to take more of the drug. But ultimately, well, they even say they knew Tessa even makes a mark at like, you know, the last quarter of the book where they're about to fight. And she goes, I see something in Jem's eyes. They must have just like given him basically like his injection of whatever he needed because there was a glimmer or gleam in his eyes that wasn't there before so it, she, it's that's just in- so sad it's so sad and like he and like everyone knows it right like it is and you you had said in your notes like why did why are the lightwoods referring to this as a disability right for Jen? and well and they and i i don't think i answered you but the the reason is like because he can't help it like it's it right. was something that was done to him that he had no control over when he was a child. So, like, it is a disability. Right. And and Will is very protective of him and those around him who refer to it as, because he doesn't, even though that's how it's referenced as, it, it's interesting to see everybody's dynamic saying that what was done to him is a disability, but, and it's said in, like, a negative way connotation and will is like that doesn't change like you say it as it's part of its personality when that's not who he is and i feel like and that can be said about people who have their own um when they are differently abled with certain things it's not who they are as a person and then you have other people who might try to make it like that's all they are when that's not the case and i think that's where will gets really protective and defensive defense like defensive for Jem, rightfully so, because I feel like some people try to use that as well. That's that's who he is when that's not who Jem is. And that actually brings me to another one of my favorite, 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 favorite scenes is when um, Tessa has a nightmare and Tessa wakes up and she hears Jem's violin music across the hall. And she walks over to Jem's room and she she meets Jem for the first time. She'd only like heard about him in passing. And he's playing the violin and he and she says like he's so pale and his he's got like silver hair and silver eyes and he's so pale and frail. And she meets Jem and then Will shows up, right? Like he and he's wet and he's like leaning, like kind of rakish, like over the thing. And he tells this elaborate story, right? About how he had a jug of gin. Like, broken over his head is this big, elaborate story. He'd been, like, drinking, gambling, and whoring all night. And Jem has a coughing fit, and he breaks down coughing, and he's, like, coughing blood. And Will is very protective, as you said, and he kind of ushers Tessa out. And he's like, don't tell Tessa. Like, don't tell Charlotte. Don't tell anybody. And Tessa's like, "Um, there's something about Will that isn't right in this moment. Like, I understand he's being very protective, but I don't know what it is. And later she finds out that um, Will had no smell of alcohol on him. Mm -hmm. So, like, he not only was he, like, stone sober, but, like, he had lied about everything that he'd done. And he was, like, and, and like, keeping up this, like, like charade, uh, pretty much. And it, it's just so 
interesting. It's such a little like interesting kind of facet to Will's character. And um, I just I just love him so much. Well, with the charade, you even have, you know, obviously you have Jem and Tessa's relationship. They obviously get along very well with each other. And she even makes a comment to Tessa makes a comment to Jem to say, like, what what is it about you that makes like Will kind of have this affinity towards you? And Jem tries to brush it off to say, like, look, you know, we we both don't have parents. We came here. And she goes, yeah, but so did everybody else. So there has to be something more. And they're trying to just, and this is before we know about Will's backstory. Um, We kind of find out where Jem talks about him following Will one night because she had put the pieces together saying, he's saying he's going out, doing this, doing that, doing the other thing. But he's not. My brother actually did that stuff. I grew up with an addict. I grew up with this person. That's not what's happening with Will. And that's when Jem kind of disclosed some information of his own that he had been kind of, you know, following Will around. And he goes, he still doesn't know. He goes, he still didn't ask. But he Will came back not knowing he was being tailed. saying, oh, I did this, that, the other thing. And Jem just said, okay. Like he didn't ask. He goes, he doesn't ask. He doesn't pressure. He goes and says, if Will wants to tell me something when he's comfortable and ready, he will. And I respect that. And he goes, I think it's that respect. That's why we just kind of have this affinity for each other. And Tessa, like she asks, you know, she asks questions. She's very much like Poppy, even though obviously this book was written before From Blood and Ash came about around. And she asks, she goes, how are you supposed to trust somebody when they're not being truthful. And it was, I understand where the question was coming from, but there are a lot of instances just because you don't divulge every single detail of your personal life. And this is like, I'm saying in real life, that doesn't mean I wouldn't trust a person. Maybe I'm just being naive, but like I have, you know, we all have friendships that you don't have to tell us every little detail that doesn't make me trust you any less. Well, and I think that's the beauty of Will's character too, because he is very cruel to Tessa in certain instances, like this is very much like, so you were talking earlier about like themes and like the themes of this book. And the theme of this book to me is um, actions speak louder than words because that, I mean, and that kind of sums it up for me because like with Will, like he will say the most atrocious things, right? But the the things that he does, that he actually does are, are very different from what he says. And like Jem, like Jem is very pure. Like his actions and words are, are the same. And like Tessa, Tessa is kind of the same too, because like she, she throughout this whole book is worried that she is kind of like losing herself. Right. She's right. Like, well, how do I know that like my fingers are the same or like my face is the same? How do I know it's like still me? So everybody's kind of going through this and we're trying to like figure out, Oh, it's so good. Um, I just I just want to bring up during my like reread of this, Charlotte. Uh did you catch Charlotte's last name? Belfour. Belfort? Belfour. Well that's her married name. Did you catch her maiden name? No, I don't think so. It's Fairchild. Oh. So so here's something that's interesting. So they say Charlotte is very small, right? Like she's like very Clary. She's very bird like she's very small, but she's very fierce. And she can command a room. Uh, 
that she's a fair child and and but wait here- do we not know that they're related like we don't know right now i don't remember no that i don't know yeah. now i don't they, know they say, I don't re- they say they, they do okay so yeah. i just completely forgot that camille and clary were related that um that charlotte charlotte and yes, like Char- yes, yeah. yeah sorry that charlotte, charlotte is a camille. fair child um well they say it in passing that's the thing it's just like you know, like, and okay. the Fairchilds and, like, that, because they go through, like, the Fairchilds, like, that's Charlotte's aunt and, like, her, and then the okay. father and, like, it's like, yeah. Is there, oh, maybe you did, maybe it was part of that TikTok that you sent me of the guy trying to connect the, the sons from the world. <laughs> I want to, like, is there, like, a family tree? There is a family tree, and you can see the family tree at the end. I think of, of this. this series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I bring this up because so they say I say they like Cassie Clare says in this book like <laughs> over and over again that Charlotte is very frail, but you know she can command the room. Da da da. Henry is ginger, right? Henry's got the red hair, so that. Is how the red hair, like, it's so, I, it, connections like that are fun for me. So I like, I like seeing stuff like that. I also like how, um, uh, this is also just like one of those little observations. So the Lightwoods are blonde, right? In this. Right. Um, and we know that Alec is black hair, blue eyes, but Will is black hair, blue eyes. So like, what happened there well isabel too like she has brown eyes because you know simon's always staring into her eyes but she has dark hair also yeah so like what happened it's just it's very it's very interesting so like when you think if you like think about what you really know from the mortal instruments and then like apply it here it's like wow i have questions um where the no had you know when you're doing certain rereads this obviously is one of them for you were they, hmm, I don't know, not your first reread. So you read The Mortal Instruments, cool. And then you go to The Infernal Devices. Do you remember if these were initial, like these were connections that you picked up initially or had they happened over time? Because I know for a fact for this specific episode, you have read the clockwork angel at least three times you're like i'm gonna read it for the first one i'm really excited to read it i'm gonna read i'm gonna read the for the episode and then you said well you're taking too long so i'm gonna read it again so i could stay in the mindset and then right before we recorded you go so i just read it really fast really quick i just (laughs) i was all in the span of a couple weeks so how are you? I mean, you're you're brilliant. So you make connections very quickly. Um, but I just didn't know if some of the connections that you've made had been built over time. I guess. Oh, absolutely, absolutely okay. have been built over time and have been. Um, you know, going through the mortal instruments with you was actually really helpful, and then going through here now because um, of reasons, but. <laughs> I, I can't say, but because of reasons, and I'm seeing those reasons now here. It's like, oh, there's something new. So I have discovered something new, which I will talk about when we finish in Clockwork um, Princess. Do you think part of it's also because when we sometimes when we do our episodes, we're also pull, like we're trying to be a little bit more constructive 
in our, you know, especially with a re for, for me, I'm in it emotionally and for, with some of the books that we're reading and for you, sometimes you can be a little bit more technical, which really helps with the formatting and how we address some of the, <laughs> some of the things we talk about. I mean, other, otherwise it gets chaotic, like our From Blood and Ash episodes where yeah. they were just initial rereads. Here's our reactions. <laughs> or even with like Silver Flames, we were all over the place. <laughs> well, I feel like we're all over the place here too, but that's okay. That's okay. So we haven't talked about the automatons on this clockwork thing. So you know just- how long it took me to finally be able to say that word? But you did. You it sounds like a it. transformer. You mastered it. Automatons. So, like, I find them to be very scary. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. When I, they ugh. when they had that initial fight at the church, well, first because they had the blood. Well, in a couple instances, when Jem and I wanted, I was going to say Clary, Jem and Tessa were just kind of like walking in like his favorite spot, and then they got approached. She goes, I don't know how that's possible, how he can still be alive. Like, I saw Will kill you. Um, That was terrifying. And then they talk, you know, and then when I guess you see him later and they have Jem's blood and they enter into certain things, they talk about, like, a black oily substance being spewed. I, I understand that they even call them, like, clockwork monsters, clockwork robots and such. But I got very Leviathan feels from that one season in Supernatural. And Leviathans were scary to begin with for me in that episode. Like, they were already kind of like, ooh, you know. But even thinking about that and the substance and knowing that there's a background in religion here and knowing the background of, you know, religion and Supernatural in that episode, it I, I don't know, maybe, like, that was how I was able to compartmentalize that whole thing. I... I- there's a scene where Henry is in his laboratory and everybody's down there and he pulls out the heart. He goes, Tessa, do you want to like touch the heart? And it's, it's a human heart, like wrapped in copper wire. And there's just like fluid, like pumping and, and like everything is dead on the table, but the heart is still like beating. It's just like, it's, it's horrifying. And this goes back to Cassie Claire being able to write like particularly horrifying things in a way that isn't graphic enough to like scar you. Be- for example, in the basement of the dark house, there was just a, like a slaughterhouse of bodies that were just like there, like hanging on hooks and like open and like body parts everywhere. But like it's written in a way where it's like, yes, okay. But then you're, you're like off and doing something else. Right. So you're no, not. I will say. The Dark House, the Dark Sisters, everything, even when they went back to it, anything with them is terrifying. Because I think maybe, I I don't know why, but even when they, like, they're saying deary and just kind of chasing, or, you know, when Will initially, like, saves her from kidnapping and they're going through all the secret passages and then they catch up. You're a little anxious there because you know, because, you know, you know that she's they're going to escape in that moment but that doesn't change that that fear for them of that anticipation because they are because i just imagine them running and the dark sisters being cool and calm and collected and sometimes that's even scarier than the than the villain trying to chase after you because they're not chasing because you know there is a there is a eerie sense of confidence that they have that they don't need to chase 
they're going to get you one way or the other. And it's very traumatizing. It is. It's very scary. And it's also very scary when we see them again um, when she's just holding her sister's head. like Casually, casually yeah. freaking out. And I was trying to go, wait, I thought she was dead. Why are they not dead? People just keep coming back to life. So I don't know what's going on. And then I realized, I go, wait, because she made a comment. She goes, she made a comment of like, oh, you, you kind of screwed up my plans again. I was just trying, you know, you don't know what it means to be lonely. And then I go, oh, my gosh, she's practicing necromancy. And then I turned the page and then it solidified. They were like, necromancy is against the law, but we got bigger shit to deal with right now. <laughs> well, and the bigger shit to deal with, the bigger shit to deal with is the double cross of Quincy to Quincy um, not being the magister, the magister being Mortmain and that whole like deception. And then, of course, we have the the like scene at the Pandemonium Club with Tessa as Camille and Will as like her little like sir, like oh my gosh, a little subjugate. Um, so yeah, and Magnus is there, and you know we get all this interaction with Magnus, and then it burns down. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. I just I really love this world like i'm so happy that we're not in the mortal instruments anymore and that we can be here but I, it's I just funny love it. how like the pandemonium club how it transcends into these multiple generations because that's how the mortal instruments starts off because you have you know you have jace isabel alec they're all going to the pandemonium club it's like no the one's first shot yeah, yeah it's the first shot no one's supposed to see them and clary obviously does and she doesn't know the whole backstory so now that you have the pandemonium club of the future and even now we know the history of the pandemonium club and it, in a way it kind of continues in the future more or less because it's still like this gathering point yeah yeah ah um, so what happens so tessa gets kidnapped right and mortmain gives her a watch and says like i want you to like change like change and they they rescue tessa and um tessa has tessa has a moment she has a moment with will on the roof well first of all first um Will and Tessa have been, like, falling for each other, more or less, throughout this whole book, right? But, like, Will has been very cruel to her and, like, pushing her away. Which I, I just, unrelate, in a way, I guess, related to that. I do appreciate that this book isn't about them. It, there's there's a story. There's a, I don't want to, like, I just like that there there's more plot than romance. Like, they just happen to be there, but this isn't about Will and Tessa. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I do yeah. like that. I, I and that's that's kind of what I like about Shadowhunter books in general too. There's like two people that are like kind of the focus, but there's so many other characters and things that go on around them that it just makes it really interesting. So I love it. Um so Tessa Tessa has this like standoff, you know, she she changes into Emma and she escapes her her um you know her situation in the sanctuary, but she gets covered in blood, right? Because Emma is, you know, Emma Emma has been with us since the beginning. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Like first yeah. chapter. First chapter she was turning into it, it, with Emma. Um so and Emma has like blood all over her and Will sees Tessa like this and Will thinks that Tessa is dead and Will's um charade, his persona, his everything breaks and he loses it because like in he is finally like he's in love with Tessa and like he's allowing himself to like 
feel this because she's dead. And then she comes out of it and she sees, yeah, and she sees him and he sees her see him. (laughs) Right? Like, it's like, shit. Yeah. And then then it's just like, wha-bam. So then, like, later, later, Charlotte says, like, Tessa, like, stay with us. Like, you know, there's no law against it. Like, stay with us, whatever. So Tessa runs up to the roof and she goes to Will and she's like, Will, like, I can stay. And, And Will is like, he has this like really cold look in his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And then and he turns to her and he's like, "Come here." And she goes to him and they have this like moment, right? Like and then he's and they they like kiss or whatever. And then he's like, "We need to make arrangements." Right? Very presumptuous of you, Mr. Herondale. Yeah. And she's like, "What?" I mean, okay. I mean, but fine. <laughs> but fine. <laughs> I like for her, I go I'm very like, excuse you, but for us, just like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, make those arrangements. Ooh. But he says, he goes, well, Jem, you know, where I live with Jem, it's his his living area too. <laughs> yeah, so like, we need to be discreet. I'll come to your room, and she's like, why? He's like, you know, you have that that brother of yours, you can't be ignorant about this. And he's like, you know, we we can't have like a future together. Like, we can't you know, be married. There's no future for a downworlder or like a warlock and a shadow hunter. Um, I have a question. Maybe it's not a question you can answer, but I just, everybody, the whole book, the whole book was like, nobody knows what you are. Nobody knows what you are. Like, yes, there's like little bits and pieces that we're finding out. Um, even Mort means like, I created you. And she goes, what? You're my father? He goes, mm, it's not what I said. Uh, so she still doesn't know who we are. And that's drilled in the entire book. Now, all of a sudden, in the last part of the book, they're saying, oh, you're, you are this, you are that, you can't have kids. You ha-. And I was just going, but if nobody knows, like I was thinking, if no, I'm, okay, I'm going to stop looking at you. Um, if nobody knows what you are, who's to say that these like downworld, downworlder rules necessarily apply to her? And that was just a comment that I wanted to make that I'm not looking at you because I don't want to see your reaction um, unless you can like divulge information to me. I cannot. Okay. So that was, that was a thought that I had because everybody kept saying this. And then all of a sudden I go, wait, we spent this whole book saying nobody knows. And then all of a sudden they know, like, that's not how this works. We still don't know right now. It's just about her accepting herself. Um, I had a question. I actually had a question again. I don't know if you could tell me. So they talk about this, clock like a clockwork angel necklace that she was wearing and she says that like look it's old it's not working i just kind of wear it as like this nostalgia thing that my mom gave to me and then you know i guess it might have like they don't say it's magic they just you know it's it's like when you have a wind-up watch or something you you forget about the batteries because it's just like like older mechanisms so i feel like that's what she was thinking about with this clockwork angel necklace but then all of a sudden at one of the battles it flies away don't know where the fuck it went what it was doing and then it comes back at the end of the thing i go it's like when you when a bug flies on you and you swat it away but then you don't know where it went and now you're like where the fuck did it go but it comes back like what was the whole purpose am i just left hanging do i not find out till later you'll find out Okay. Yeah. That was a question. I go, what I go, what was that? You'll find out. You'll find out. No worries. No worries. 
No worries. That's an excellent question, though. So was it, like, always living? I guess you can't tell me either. I don't know if it has, like... I will refer you... (laughs) To book two. No, I will refer you to um, uh, the angel that Jason Clary found. In the the third book? Uh, I don't know. In whatever book that was. When they, they were in the, in the house and the... When they were in Paris or Italy or one of those houses? No, no. When they were in Idris. And they went with the diaries and then they went behind the wall and it was Valentine's like secret lab. And there was the angel there in the, (sighs) in the circle. He'd been there for a very long time. I will just refer you to that um, situation. Just if just I went to back have, to like, that in the books, would I pick up on it or no? I still, I, um, probably, no. I probably wouldn't. If you went back to it in the books, would you pick up on it? No, um, I'm more referring to just like the mechanics of like. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, of just like the mechanics of it, um, but yeah. Do you have like other like questions? I'd love to answer. <laughs> Um, I think we talked about it briefly, but I just, I kept thinking about this clockwork monster army. Why are they called clockwork? That's just like a thing that, is it? Um, because this is like a steampunk kind of thing. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So So it's just like a, it was, okay. Um, but maybe not so much a question as it is a comment with this clockwork army, clockwork monsters or whatever. It just feels, it's weird because it's not... I want to say it's like history repeating itself, but because this is the beginning, it's remind. It feels like history repeating itself because this is the second time, third time we're hearing reference to it. Because we know it was something that Valentine was trying to start, and then again with Sebastian, and so here it is, like this, this like, like third time that this is being mentioned, but technically because of to the timeline, this is the first time that it's actually being discussed in the world, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, a, it was just like a comment. Yeah. So like, this is the beginning. So everything after this is, Oh my God. The f- I call it the future, even though technically it's the present, <laughs> um, the future history keeps repeating itself. Why does it, you know, this is just a general comment. This is not just with the books. Why doesn't anybody learn? Men, Everything's right? There. It's men. Everything's there. It's not like, oh, we had no idea. You did. You had every idea. And you still went along with it. Yep. Oh, and that that's a really good point, though. So we got a little bit of politics, right, with this. We got a little bit of clave politics. We have a little yeah. bit of politics with Charlotte being the, the, like, unofficial, like, head of the Institute. But only she's, like, a joint head with, with Henry. But everybody knows... A- Right. Yeah. But she couldn't because because at the time she could she couldn't be the sole head of the clave and so forth. Yeah. And we have Benedict Lightwood being a huge asshole. Yeah. And, you know, really getting in like her way and trying to obstruct her and like Henry Which is just like the Lightwoods. Like yeah. God. Like it's yeah. just it's so on character. I mean, I feel like we didn't know I feel like there was a point where with Benedict they just we just didn't hear from him. He kinda like, All right. He, we're not talking about him anymore, but he's already made that impact. Yeah. Ugh, Benedict. Um, yeah. So we have, yeah, we have the politics, we have the clave, we have the enclave, we have, um, 
the conclave they all these things they're they're referencing all the things and you know the consul and the inquisitor we have we have all of this and it's really nice that we have the background of the mortal instruments and all of those politics to kind of see like what it was like in the beginning i like this order in which cassie claire wrote this it makes sense but i wonder and maybe not so much if she had released the infernal devices first and then gone with let's flash forward to the year you know 2000 whatever that the the series started 2006 7 or whatever and if it would have the same success i don't know but um did you pick up on the ducks did you pick up on the ducks no so jace herondale is afraid of ducks it is a fact, it is a known fact that he is terrified of ducks. He finds them untrustworthy and he says, never trust a duck. And it is not explained. It is a kind of a throwaway line. That is just something that is very common with Herondales that they say they're, they don't like ducks. We find out, will Herondale in this book convince Jem to feed a bunch of ducks in London's Hyde Park a poultry pie to train them into an army. And Will said, they ate it. Bloodthirsty little beasts. Never trust a duck. <laughs> that is the start of it. Never trust a duck. The Herondales have never liked ducks. And it is because of this. And I just love it. It's this like family trait. And it is an inside joke. And it is one of my favorite things. But this is this that's one of the jokes where you said where... If you don't read it in like cert- like a certain order, you, I mean, you could read this series. You know, it's like when people re- watch Marvel, they like they'll watch it through release date and then they'll go back and they'll watch it in chronological order. I feel like you could, after you do your full read through of this, you could read it whichever, whatever which way. And you even said the little throwaway things are what you pick up because now you know everything when you go, like once you go back for a reread and I'm sure I will um, with an ever expanding TBR. um, (laughs) It'll be the pickups. I know like people, I I just know that I'll pick up on certain things. So um, Jessamine, Jessamine, I, I, I kind of feel bad for her. Like she, she's a very frustrating character. I want to slap her all the time, but also the other part of me is like, she is this like weirdly stunted, emotionally damaged and like traumatized, right? Cause like she has all her dollhouses and you know, like, um, like girl that just wants nothing to do with the shadow hunters. Her parents didn't want anything to do with shadow hunters and she resents and stuck, all of it. She's stuck in this world. She yeah. keeps, she's looking for any. And I mean, it's repeated throughout the whole thing. She's looking for any which way to get out of this world. But I find it really interesting because you were talking about earlier. It's like uh, one of the themes is like, who are you? Like trying to figure out like who you are. And like Jessamine does not want to be a shadow hunter. But when she and Tessa wander off the path in the park and there's the goblin that's there. Jessamine doesn't hesitate and she murders the shit out of him. And Tessa even makes with a comment. With her parasol. With her parasol, she, yeah. Right. And Tessa makes the comment, like, she's strong. Like, she may, like, play at this, like, weak and frail thing and, like, faint and not want to do anything, but she's a shadow hunter. Like, 
through and through. So I find that very interesting. And like that addition, like that scene and that addition to Jessamine's character kind of makes her more interesting instead of like being like a wilting flower and like, yes, she wants out and yes, the times and I guess she's trying to like use Nate to get out because Tessa didn't want to. But I also understand like living with this kind of like resentment of your situation and just wanting to get out. But at the other time, like having this, this like nature and this calling that you can't fight. And that's kind of what, where she is. And she's like stuck. And I feel bad for her, Justin. I don't like her. I don't like her at all. She's so annoying, but I feel for her. That's fair. That's fair to say. And I think, I think there, there people forget. And I use like people in general, that you cannot like a character and understand where they're coming from. Just like with, um, I don't want to say a recent read, but like a read over the summer when we were talking about the Plated Prisoner series and I got to book three for, I was in Gleam and we were talking about Queen, Queen Melina and obviously she made some choices, but yeah. leading up until that point, I had said you know, I don't like, you know, after I was like, Woo, Melina, you queen, you bought, you know, whatever. Um, then she wasn't. <laughs> she made some choices. <laughs> and, but just because I didn't like her didn't mean I didn't understand where and how and why those choices were made. So, Jess, you and I had discussed something before this episode started. And what we discussed was there is something that happens in this book that... I don't know if you had picked up on, but if you had and you mentioned it organically, then I would point it out. And if you hadn't, then I would send you this picture and then we would talk about it and you would react like and I would get your like thought like live on air. So, okay, it's time time for that. You haven't said it. So are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to. It's going into the chat. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to send it to like. Our regular chat right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go. I loved Church Cat. I need you to make some connections. But I can't. Yes, you can. What? Okay, so Laura sent me a picture of a meme well posted in our Instagram. <laughs> um, what do you... It, it's it's Jem and the cat. It's Church Cat. And it says, what do you mean I coddle church too much? I do not do that. Oh, I definitely... Give me, give me a... Give me a... You know, when a teacher gives you a clue. <laughs> Why do I not get it? What? What is the name of the cat in the New York Institute? In the I Mortal Instruments. Is it Church? I don't remember the cat's name. I forgot that there was a cat in the Mortal Instruments. What? I'm, is I'm Googling it. Cat name in... <laughs> Well, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't Google it. Oh, okay. Don't Google it. I'm not looking at auto. Don't Google it. Okay. Do you remember what happens to the cat in the end of the Mortal Instruments? I completely forgot there okay. was a cat, and I love cats. Okay. Church is the cat in the New York Institute in the Mortal Instruments. Is it the same cat? It is the same cat. Why the hell is this cat living so long? It's a shadow hunter cat. Oh my gosh, is this like is it like Peter Pettigrew where he was like lived more than he should like a normal mouse rat doesn't live for a long time, but then 
then you find out that it was always Peter Pettigrew. It wasn't. It wasn't Ron's cat. This oh is, no! I can't believe. Church, uh, I I will tell you this. I can tell you this. Um, as far as anyone knows, Church is an immortal cat. So whatever the Dark Sisters were doing, because um, Church was going to be a sacrifice, came from this, right? He was going to be sacrificed was, yeah, with the Dark Sisters. Did right. something, and Church is still alive. Now I'm going. I have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. I'm going to make it. Okay. At the end <laughs> of the Mortal Instruments, book six, okay. the very end, there everyone is at the party at the wedding, right? And Clary meets Tessa for the first right. time, and right, and they're talking, and Tessa is with somebody, and that person goes over and picks up Church and leaves with Tessa. Yes? No? No, I do remember that because I remember they walked away and it felt like they were finally able to start their lives together. Right. It was was one of the Silent Brothers. And Isabel says, did blank blank just take our cat? Church. Why do I not remember? I don't remember. Zachariah. Brother Zachariah. I'm thinking of something else now. I was like mixing Hocus Pocus. Okay. Oh my God. Oh Jess. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. You ready? Are you ready for this? No, dude, don't do it if it's gonna ruin it. It's, I it's not gonna ruin it because this is a connection that could have been made. It's Brother Zachariah with the mortal. It's the the mortal instrument cup, and the no. Don't don't worry about what he's doing. But that's Brother Zachariah. No. Wait. Why does he have dark hair? Why does he? No, that's not the connection. I mean, you're not wrong. What did Brother Zachariah look like? That's like he has dark hair. Why does he look like a Herondale? <gasps> no, no, no. Just, just <laughs> Do you want me just to say it? Yeah. They're the same person. Brother Zachariah and... Look at the picture Sh- above it. Oh, my God. Zachariah and Jem are the same person? No. That is not a connection I would have ever made. Yes. Jim and Tessa. That's really sweet. Now make your connection. Now now go back to everything that you know. And he lives. But... When did we first meet Brother Zachariah? He was still a silent brother. He was a silent brother in the first book. In the first book. He doesn't become a not silent brother until the heavenly fire. That's not till the end. Yeah, till the epilogue. Oh, I mean, not the epilogue, but but like the last. And then then he says, like, no, I'm not ready to go see Tessa. Uh, You know, she's in the Citadel. Like, he just kept saying, like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, like, even if she's ready for me, like, I'm... And what's your family name? Oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm... You can still call me Zachariah. I'm not ready to reclaim my Shadowhunter name. I... I honestly would have never put that together. And Church is the... um, Jem is the only one that Church... Gives any sort of affection to. So right. that's why Brother Zachariah was able to pick up church and church was purring and they walked out together and church. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in shock. I know. <laughs> I know. 
I know. I know. So, okay. So, okay. You want to process something. So we have, we have, um, Tessa, we have Tessa who we meet in the moral instruments. We have Jem who we're meeting here. And then we have the connection as brother Zachariah, who we met in the mortal instruments. And we have the, the hundreds of years in between there. So the only connection that would have been made that Zachariah and Jem are the same person is church cat is church cat. And if you had like seen like fan art, like if you had like looked at like brother Zachariah. And then when I sent you that picture of Jem, like you were halfway there. Cause you were like, the hair is different, but like what you were halfway there. Yeah. And I refuse, and I think we, we've established, I refuse to look at fan yeah. art. Well, yeah, I provide you fan art. Right. Yes. Because I'm not, I don't fuck it up. Well, yeah, and there's just so much. There's so much in the Shadowhunter world. So, okay. So now that this connection has been made from you, going on into Clockwork Prince and then into the, the devastating Clockwork Princess, um, and, and every, most everyone agrees that Clockwork Princess is devastating, and it is. But for you, I, I don't know. I'm interested to see like all these connections now, how that plays out. But um, so I will tell you that uh, Clockwork Prince is mostly focused on um, Jem. It's kind of his. Okay. Is like kind of. But his I book. think I picked up on that because of the cover. Yeah. Because yeah, he's on the cover. Sh- you showed me the cover, and I go, "Oh, who is he? He's cute. Is that Will?" And you said, "No, no that's, that's Jem. Yeah, yeah, that's Jem. And, and we love him. And um, yeah, we 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 love it. We love it. Okay, okay. So, are, have you recovered from your shock? Yeah, I hope editor Sam can edit out all the screaming oh, no, and all the awkward. He'll make it good. Coercing of you telling me, come on, you I feel you like, got it, you, you got know, it. this is why, this is why you are great for our education system because <laughs> your girl wasn't going to get it. No, you got it. You got it. And now you can think about that as you like go on. But and will then... that affect? No. Okay. Not at what at point was all. that connection? At what point was that connection made? For in me? In the fandom. No, oh, like in the for fan- you and in, in the fandom. So, like, obviously, um, books one through six come out. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they came out one through six. It wasn't like a, here's books one through three. Here's the first Infernal Devices. Here's books, you know. You know, I'm actually not sure. Eh, I don't know. Um, so, in the fandom, I don't know. Do you know, I'm not, like, super active in the Shadowhunter fandom. It's just, like, I don't know. I like the memes. I like the... Um, the like codex and stuff. I just I I find myself liking the fan art and stuff, but like the theories and stuff. I like to do that stuff on my own, and because I like the satisfaction of like kind of figuring it out on my own. And uh, I find that um, Tales from Shadowhunter Academy does a lot to kind of um, fill in those gaps, and okay. it's 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 really fantastic for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I I really like it. So. Jess, you, as you said earlier at the top of this episode, you were not able to read the second book because of like reasons, because you wanted to keep it fresh for the episode. I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to cross over. So I, you know, Book Talk did its thing. And I was just like, oh, I guess I'll read these two books from Kindle Unlimited or whatever it was. And I did. And I was like, 
I, I like as much as I, I love a, a romance trope and it's been fun. Like it's so nice to be back. Here. <laughs> it's really nice. I was just thinking, okay, somebody, somebody bring me back to fantasy real quick. Um, I liked it. I love this even more now. I, you know, this is reminding me of, you know, when you read Throne of Glass and then you read Crown of Midnight and that, like, if you're reading it in this order and then you read Assassin's Blade, knowing everything you know, and like, and after you read Assassin's Blade, you naturally want to start Throne of Glass and Crown of Midnight all over again, knowing what you know. That's where I am kind of hovering right now <laughs> with the yeah. Infernal Devices. Well, and that's what fuels everybody's reread, too. Because you get through these three and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, yes. And then you want to go through the Infernal Devices. And then you want to go through the, like, modern stuff that's out in California. Because, like, why not? It's so fun. It has... You and know, it's an extension of what yeah. you already know. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just more of what you already know because it's Emma and Julian and the Blackthorns, which we already know. We already love them. So it's just, it's just so good. That's why I love Shadowhunter so much. And even though, um, you know, Cassie Claire and there's like all that controversy around her and like everything and like we get it. We know. Please do your research. But like the, the world, this world is so much fun to me. That I just, I just love it. I just love it. So are you going to like start book two like right away? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty much. I love it. I, I love would it. have never, I, I would have never made the Zachariah. Yes, you would have. You would have. I promise I'm, you I'm would have. I'm still shook. Like, how am I supposed to keep reading about Will now? You know? <laughs> oh, no. No, because, oh. Here, no, no, no. I'll just do it now. I'll just. I got. I got another one for you. I got another one for you. Um, since we have gone there, I will go here, and then we will call it a day. <laughs> Boom. Check our chat. Wait, was this the quote that you said? I yeah. Wasn't... Wait, you said I was going to see it till I don't want to read it. If no, it's fine. I see. Okay, so this is why I love this world so much. You have already read this quote, right? It's right. from City I, of right. Heavenly Fire. You know this already. This has already happened for you. Now with this context. It's so much heavier. It's so much heavier. So uh, for context for the listeners, I have sent, oh, no. <laughs> sorry, I have sent Jessica this quote. It says, Herondale's, Zachariah's voice was a breath, half laughter, half pain. I had almost forgotten. No other family does so much for love or feels so much guilt for it. Don't carry the weight of the world on you, Jace. It's too heavy for even a Herondale to bear. From City of he Heavenly Fire. So now knowing what you know. So this is Brother Zachariah, who is Jem, who was Parabatai with Will, who is now talking. <sighs> I keep forgetting that, like, that's so essential, too. They are Parabatai. He's now talking to talking as as like you know as gem he's basically talking as gem as brother zachariah to a herondale telling him like it's it's too much for a herondale you know i this is a lot you know like <sighs> and you know herondales do so much for love and like you know we ah uh, ah uh, 
It's good. It's good. And that's why we love this series for a connection like this that exists. It's so much heavier. I feel like books like these, when there's connections established, are so much more rewarding and satisfying as opposed to the last 2K uh, Kindle Unlimited books I read where the only connection was, and here's my brother and my sister. (laughs) And here, they were mentioned in the previous book. (laughs) Well, but that's the thing. There's an argument to be said, though. So, like, yeah, but also, like, you know, we had to get through, like, six Mortal Instrument books to be able to get here and, like, this is the good stuff, you know? So, like... Yeah, but, I mean, the same thing can be said. You know, I feel like anything, any type of series that's out there that's established is going to seem daunting and overwhelming and you're just, like, holding your breath. I know that was one of the reasons why I had kept putting off Throne of Glass, aside from, like, the emotional being like emotionally distraught over everything but knowing that it was a it was a series that was done essentially completed until most recently in the last year spoiler for every single person who has not read all of the sarah j mass books up until this point um where they're overlapping more or less, and how they are all connected. If you knew that going into the series, it could be like, um, I'm, I'm going to sit down and maybe not tackle that. And I feel like the way we're, with a lot of the way we've tackled certain things, it's nice that we can break it down and not feel like it's like when you're working on like a whole dissertation or something, you can't do it in one night. You should take it piece by piece. Because then when you come back to little things like this, it is so much more rewarding and you're making the connections and then you start thinking about other things. I mean, right now, I'm just thinking the war hasn't even started with these clockwork assholes. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm not even focusing on like the, the romance of it. I want to know what's going to happen with these motherfuckers. Like, well, and you want to know you you do want to know like what is going on with Will and Magnus, right? right like, right. I do like there. There's context, but the things that I want to know about the people are about the people and the connections and like and the plot. The br- yeah, the plot, the breadth yeah. of like everybody's relationships, not just you know we've talked about this before. There's a difference between and there's nothing wrong. It just depends on like what you're going for in that moment. Like right now, I'm really enjoying you know this plot with romance. If I want romance, I'll go, go like get romance. Yeah, I'll yeah. go get romance, which is yeah. fine. I'm not like dissuading anybody from what your preference is it's just in this context for me right now i go this is this is so much more than just romance and it's really cool to talk about and yeah yeah and especially you know it just it just gets better and better and it's it's so good and we get we get so we get so much more of everything because like uh, i think we talked about this earlier before we started recording like you know it this is on trend with like you know first books in a series like Oh. It's it's not the strongest one. Like the 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 other ones are usually not always, but usually better. And I feel that way with this one. Like this one's really good, but in the in the like scope of the the trilogy, like it's not the strongest. You know, so which was interesting with what you said because we were talking about it, and I had I hadn't put it in that 
perspective because to me the world was already established essentially we knew what shadow hunters were we had the first six books um now we're going into the past the way i thought of it as was okay we're kind of we understand the world a little bit of shadow hunters we're kind of reestablishing and setting the tone for the era um, but I did respect Tessa. I, I made a comment that she had, you know what, I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am, but I'm going to look at the history, see what's going on. And she found out about Idris and Steely's and, you know, um, the mortal instruments. She was doing her research just to be familiar in this world that she was. And it helped us. Wor- I, I don't want to say world build because the world has already essentially been built, but gain more knowledge of this world that we're in. Do you think Tessa is a pick-me girl? I like books. I quote books. Books are dangerous. I they guess take me places. In the 1800s. She's an 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Like in that context, she's an 1800s pick-me girl. Um, you know who would be a really good uh, Will Herondale? And I hate saying this because it's so trendy and it's so cliche right now. I can see Timothy Chalamet being Will Herndale. Like, especially with the, the cheekbones, right, and the hair, and like when he's doing the quotes from the books, and he's like, he's doing, he's pulling all the Dorian moves. He's he's got it. He's got it. Um, I, I just, I can see it. I can see that being a thing. Ugh. God, I love him so much. <laughs> I love, I love him so much. I just, I just, adore, I just adore him. I adore him. I adore this series. I adore everything about it. Um, so obviously, Jess, you're going to read the second one. You're probably going to start right away. Um, yeah, I somebody, I went to go pull it out from the library, and I go, oh, you know, I just, I won't get it right. Away. Let me just wait to return the the Clockwork Angel. All of a sudden, somebody must be pacing themselves ahead of us because I checked both of my libraries that I have my library cards to, and and each one has multiple copies. How I became on this waiting list for, you know, like, oh, if you get it from this library, you're going to have to wait six weeks. If you're getting it from this one, you have to wait four weeks. I go, what? When did everybody start doing a reread of the Imperial Device? Come on, y'all. Jess needs her book. Right? Somebody return it. That's all I'm asking. That's hilarious. <laughs> so annoyed. Okay, I think those are all my my points on um, Clockwork Angel. I'm so stoked to see like your reactions to everything and see where you go. I love that you're loving this, and it brings me like <laughs> so much sure. joy. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it because you kept saying we don't have to continue. We don't have to keep doing. But there's this. no peer pressure. Yeah, which I don't want to say is peer pressure within itself, but it made me feel like that was your disclaimer to be like, look, I don't think she's going to like it, but we'll see. And it was fun. I was not expecting to be, you know, have the reactions that I did. I will say, and I told you this in in one of my reaction videos to you, I think a really cool kind of, and maybe it just won't work out later because of the other books. Right now, in this moment, I really think it would have been a really cool plot twist that her brother was the Magister and was, like, under their noses the entire time. I would have thought that was some really cool... And that was just me because I had read it incorrectly. And then I went to reread it in my reaction video to Laura. And then I go, you could see the transition with my eyes go, 
never mind. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, never I mind. Really jumped the gun there. Um, that that's that's all I want to say there. But and, it, it's and very I, exciting. And then all the all, the only other comment whenever Will says whenever he's like giving Tessa he's like Tess, Tess. I, like it's just for them to it really it you know I get all my you know Nessian feels because I love Cass like we like, who doesn't love our favorite himbo right um, and if you do like I'm sorry like sorry not sorry you're listening to us because he is our favorite himbo um, I, it's Cass you know whenever Cassian's like Ness like it's it's just for them you know and I and I'm always here for like little pet names between each other and she says like uh she's never like looked at a boy like that before or she's never thought about her name like that before like the mm-hmm. hard T and the caress of the S and like the, the those like, 1800s got yeah. everybody wilding out <laughs> wilding out wilding out about weird shit um but the, the, yeah the but, yeah He's like, Tess, yeah, I, I do I do appreciate that. Like and of course we know like he's Welsh, so we know he has like a oof. <laughs> I'm not gonna try I'm not gonna disrespect anybody trying that. Oof. Ugh. So on to on to book two. It's very exciting. <laughs> That's how I spend my Saturday nights. So. Nothing wrong with that. So feel free to keep joining us on our journey. Following us on Instagram at Acafe Podcast, and um, we're both on TikTok. You can follow Laura at Acafe Laura, and I'm at Acafe Jessica. Please feel free to follow, interact. Um, we're here to, you know, discuss all the things and have all the fun. And feel free to leave us a five star review if you kindly do so. So thanks for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for joining. And we will uh, see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.